Stepdads Radio is made possible through the support of the School of Family Studies and Human Services at Kansas State University. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast series that explores what it means to be a dad. I'm Chuck Smith, grandfather and parent educator, and I'll be your host for the program. This is podcast number five, The Goodyear Blimp. We are approaching the 100-year anniversary of Father's Day. A friend recently pointed out that Mother's Day is much more commercialized than Father's Day. Mother's Day was more frequently mentioned in the media and in store ads. There are more Mother's Day cards than those for Father's Day. If true, is this just another subtle message that fathers are not all that important? Of course they are. If we care about dads, we should affirm to them that they are special people in their children's lives. If I could put a message on a neon sign, it would say, being a dad is forever. Or maybe I would want to use the Goodyear blimp. If you could put a sign on a Goodyear blimp that circled Manhattan and other cities in Kansas, if not the country there. And on that Goodyear blimp, that sign would be a message to dads, to fathers. What would you put on that sign? Maybe depending on how I'm feeling or how things are going, could be a variety of things. But I think in the end, it's good for dads to know that they make a difference. Fathers matter. So why do they need that message? I don't think they always get that message from, lack of a better word, society, or from the messages they get. There are a lot of dads that get those messages from their friends, their families, but there are a lot of dads that don't get that from people that they love and trust. The more that that message is conveyed, the more likely that they are to believe that message and to... I don't know, take responsibility for it or to take to take that message upon themselves to say, here's what I can do to be a better dad or, you know what, I do make a difference and here's some of the strengths I have. Your actions will last a lifetime. You just got to be aware that whatever you do or don't do, um, it's, it lasts, it's permanent. It, uh, you father a child, That's permanent. You aren't as kind to that child or as patient with that child as you could have been. That's permanent. Or you do read to that child every night, even when you'd much rather be watching Monday Night Football. That's permanent. Just what you do, last. I would tell them, hug your kids. Dads need to hug their kids. Because if a dad's there to give a kid a hug, he's down at their level, he's around, he's showing affection. All very important things that I think dads need to do, need to do more of. Keep up the good work, fathers. You have a, you know, I think too often they don't get a pat on the back. Too often people overlook the contributions that they make and I say job well done fathers keep up the good work
it'd probably be something like hug your kids or love your kids or don't take your kids for granted. Kids grow up too fast. I don't know how to answer that. I don't know if you've seen the movie Oh God with John Denver. And at one point, John Denver asks God, you know, we got all these troubles, we got all these problems, why don't you do something? And God's response is, that's what I gave you each other for. And I think somehow that ought to be the message. You know, that's what I gave you each other for. The picture book, Tiger Watch, was written by Jan Wall and illustrated by Charles Mikulasek in 1985. You can see the cover of the book in a recent blog at aboutdadsradio.com. Why talk about an old book that may be hard to find? Because its powerful story continues to linger in my mind. A tiger kills a woman while she and her daughter were harvesting mustard plants near the Indian village of Onangapur. The town elders make a plea for help and offer a reward for anyone who shot the tiger. Miles away, a young boy named Azad plays at being a great hunter like his father Mustafa. Mustafa hears the village plea for help and decides to respond. His family needs the money. Azad begs to be allowed to go with him. Father, take me along. I might as well start now because one day I want to be as great a hunter as you. So the two enter the jungle where a platform is built in a wide oak tree overlooking a waterhole, and they tether a bull calf to the trunk below. Darkness begins to fall. A porcupine scuttles through the tall grass. A horrible howl pierces the air. Mustafa and Azad sit without moving. The great animal can hear the smallest sound. A pair of jackals come to drink. A flock of gray-white pigeons burst into sudden flight. The hours pass. Azad imagines every shadow to be a tiger about to spring. He has a vision of a burning bear's head spinning across the night sky. Suddenly, as if by magic, the tiger appears. How long had the tiger crouched there? Did Mustafa see him? Azad did not dare turn his head. How beautiful and wonderful he was! His coat was a deep red orange and black. He lapped water, keeping an eye on the calf. Slowly he stretched, licking his wide chest and forepaws, yawning, scratching, rolling in tangled grass by the mud. Now and then he winced as if wounded. Azad could not shoot this great tiger. He could not. He drew his breath in astonishment. The tiger had heard, with a simple bound, the animal came to the tree. He paid no heed to the calf. He jumped toward their platform, uttering a cry. Mustafa fired both barrels of his gun. There was a great roar as a shot hit, 
the most terrible sound Azad had ever heard. The gun's report echoed through the jungle. The tiger lay on his side, as if only sleeping. Mustafa said, We'll stay until morning to make sure he's dead. Azad could not sleep. He kept staring at the tiger. The calf watched too. Before dawn, the air grew sweet and crisp, and a cool breeze blew. Finally, a brilliant sun rose, and they climbed down the oak, Mustafa first. Azad dared to touch the tiger. It was real and still warm, as warm as his own body. Oh, how the shot must have hurt, he said. How fine he looks. Yes, agreed Mustafa. Such dignity. See those porcupine quills stuck in his left foreleg and chest? The boy saw the wounds, tough, deep, and swollen. They counted 32 quills. Since he could not run as he once did, said Mustafa, he became a killer of humans and defenseless animals. Azad hung his head. Again he touched the moist, warm fur stroking it. When the villagers returned, they congratulated Mustafa and tied the magnificent tiger to a long, stout pole. They walked in silence, the tiger swinging on the carrier beside Azad. Azad turned to Mustafa and said, I do not choose to become a hunter, father. Mustafa took his arm. It is well, son. What began with visions of bravado ends with a sudden maturity of true insight. If you can find the book, you too might find it worth reading to a child four and older. Thanks for listening to this About Dads podcast, brought to you through the support of the School of Family Studies and Human Services at Kansas State University. My name is Chuck Smith, and I am the producer and host for the series. For more information, visit our website at aboutdadsradio.com.